0: Welcome, everyone. Hey, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile, and we come to you live. I think we're up to about 14 hours of live radio a week plus three times that in rebroadcast and podcast. And This is an incredible hour. We love doing the show here, and we love reaching out to all of you. You have been extremely supportive for the show, and that's why we've put some of the things in place to give it back. Uh, we are launching again this year's Holistic Makeover and Pay It Forward campaign. We've got lots to share with you especially right now in a time where so many of you have reached out to us. And so I'm so thrilled to be doing the kind of work that I do these days and bringing you guests like my guest tonight. I am honored. I'm pleased. I'm energized. I'm I'm kind of like sitting on the edge of my seat because I love talking about what Mike Robbins talks about. And tonight we're going to be talking about Be Yourself, everyone else is already taking, that is the book that I have in front of me. And Mike has been featured on ABC News, Oprah and Friends Radio Network, Forbes Magazine. He is someone that knows quite a bit about stepping up to the plate and saying yes to you, your true self. So he is also the author of several other books, and I want to mention them to you because they are some of the best-selling must-have books on the market Focus on the good stuff, the power of appreciation. Tonight, we're going to take you on a journey to what it's like to be yourself and what it's like to really get to that place where you can be yourself. But for for tonight, for us, this is a conversation about stepping out, stepping up. And Mike, is he's a guy that knows a lot about saying yes to certain paths in life and then having the rug pulled out from under him and still saying, you know what, I don't have any rug burns today. Mike, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Pat, thanks for having me back on. It's great to connect with you.
0: It's great to connect with you. And I want to, I was sitting here tonight, and I was rereading your book, and I was also reading um, uh, the book that I have in front of me, an interview I'm going to do tomorrow, was Bob Barker. Oh, cool. And I was reading both of these books. This is really kind of interesting, because I have Bob's book on the left and I have your book on the right, and I'm thinking about the book that Bob wrote in his life, and he's pretty much telling your story, or more, let me just say more exactly, you're pretty much telling his story. Really? And I was really struck by, you know, this the nature of what it's like to be yourself, and I'm going to talk to him about your book tomorrow.
2: Cool.
0: What I wanted to ask you about is... Today we're saying to folks, be yourself, everyone else is taken. Is it easier to be oneself today in this day and age, or was it easier back at Woodstock before you were born? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you got me on that. I was born in 1974. I'll just out myself as a there you go. 35-year-old you know, young man. But, you know, that's a good question. Obviously, I wasn't alive back then. I can't speak for that time. I think it's kind of a bit of both. In some ways, I think we've made a lot of progress, and there's more freedom and more opportunity for us to express ourselves. And I think at the same time, we're so hyper-image conscious, we're so overexposed and over-communicated in some ways that the tendency, I think, is to, you know, we've got to now communicate in 140 characters on Twitter or whatever it is we're doing, that the tendency is to not go nearly as deep and to just kind of put up even more of a facade as long as it looks good on TV or fill in the blank in our own personal lives, then we're okay. So I think it kind of cuts both ways. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of things I think as, as consciousness speeds up, so to speak, as we become more aware and evolved in certain ways, I think both the light and the dark expand and, you know, there's the possibility for everything, really.
0: You know, and one of the things that I, that I, I really love talking with you about is this idea of actually being oneself. Um, everyone else has already taken, that's yeah. the name of your book. Yeah. One of the things that I wanted to, to just, you know, kind of comment on, because I was talking with a couple of friends of mine about this, and, and they asked this question, which I think is really kind of an interesting question. They said, you know, why don't you ask, why don't you ask this guy, why don't you ask Mike, if, uh, you know, about, all of the things that are floating around in the pop culture right now. Right. And there are so many different identities that we could really take on. Yep. How do the youth of today and even, you know, the, the parents of the youth of today figure out who the heck they are?
1: You know, it's it is tough. And I think there's lots and lots of distractions these days. You know, we're talking about, you know, was it easier back in the 60s versus today, if you will, you know, it's a great question. I think wherever we find ourselves on our journey in life, whether, you know, and I talk to, in my work, I'm, one day I'm talking to a group of teenagers, the next day I'm talking to a group of cor- corporate executives, the next day I'm talking to a group of couples at a church, and it kind of runs the gamut. I think it's challenging for different reasons at different stages in life. And really, you know, what I talk about in Be Yourself, everyone else has already taken is that the first step in the process for all of us is to come face-to-face with the aspects of ourselves where we're phony, or the places in life where we don't have or feel the freedom to really be ourselves. And for a lot of people that I talk to, when they get honest about it, they may say things like, it's almost everywhere in my life. Or, you know, I was doing a workshop just recently, and a woman stood up at the very beginning and said, you know, I came to your workshop because I was resonated with the title, Be Yourself. Everyone else has already taken. But I don't even really know if I know how To be myself, what if you have no idea who you are? How do you even begin the journey? Ah. And what I said to her, first I acknowledged her for the honesty of it, because, you know, honesty, realness, authenticity is visceral. You can feel it when someone speaks, whether you agree with them, can relate to them or not. They don't even have to speak the same language, and it's like the hair on the back of your neck stands up. You go, ooh, that was real. And so, you know, I said that first to her, thanks for being real. And secondly, I said, well, it may seem like bad news to come to that realization, but it's actually really good news. It's like anything. It's like they say in, you know, AA, right? The first step is really admitting that there's a problem. And I don't come from the perspective of there's something wrong with us that we have a tendency to be inauthentic. But if we can start to confront the places where we're not ourselves and not honest, then we can actually start to make some conscious decisions to choose differently, to act and be differently, more truer to who we are. But it really is, Pat... You know, this isn't what people always want to hear because we want the quick fix, especially these days. This is an ongoing, lifelong process. You don't arrive one day and say, I'm myself. It's moment by moment, day by day.
0: And, you know, what What you just talked about is so important. I mean, when you think about that, when you come to the realization, what are you coming to the realization of? Well, you're coming to the realization sometimes, at least in my life, where what I thought was true is not the truth. Exactly. And that's about me most of <laughs> yeah. I might say, Mike. But the point is it's like, oh, wait a minute. That's not really true. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you about this term, authenticity. We yeah. hear it a lot. And I have to tell you, I really give you a lot of credit for going into corporate America and having a conversation about authenticity, okay? I mean, you're 35 now, but I guarantee if I take a picture of you in about five years, you're going to be all gray. Um, <laughs> well,
1: let's, let's hope not. If I still have some hair left, we hope. But I, Okay, there we go. You know, I, I think, though, about authenticity in relation to the corporate world and just in general – you know, it's a difficult thing to define, right? Mm-hmm. It gets thrown around a lot. I mean, I just wrote a whole book about it. I'm not even sure I can fully define it because it's, it's unique, it's individual, it's ever-evolving and changing for us. So for me to define what's authentic for you is a little bit presumptuous, but if we think of it in a general sense, it's about realness, it's about vulnerability, it's about transparency. Again, words that do get thrown around in different contexts, but the thing about it is it's One of the ways we can also look at it is what it's not, and I kind of lay that out in the introduction of the book, because we have these ideas in our mind of what it means to be authentic. And we often think, I have to, you know, get in people's face and tell them what I think. I have to be bold and audacious. I have to not care what people think about me. I have to be sort of a rebel who marches to the beat of my own drum. I mean, all these things. And while any of those things in and of themselves can be manifestations of our own authentic expression, there's no set of rules to follow to be authentic per se, because if we're following a set of rules, in it of itself, it's inauthentic. It's a shtick. It's a, you know, it's a religion, and I don't say that in a negative context. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just a, it's a mantra or something. And I've got to be careful even myself. You know, Pat, I say this all the time, and I mean it. You want to get in touch with how full of it you are? Just write a book on authenticity. <laughs> I it, know. It'll be right in your face. So it's really about confronting that again in the moment by moment aspects of life. And as you were saying earlier, it's the more you realize you don't know. And that actually, for any of us who are on our journey and really seeking and learning and growing and deepening, that's really good news. When we have the answer, as important as the answer can be to whatever the question we're asking, that's the end of that inquiry and ultimately the end of the growth and the discovery. So we're not always necessarily looking for answers. We're looking for the questions to ask that deepen our growth and deepen our experience of life.
0: And, you know, one of the things that you do talk about, and for those of you that are just tuning into to the Dr. Pat Show, um, I want to introduce you to my very special guest, Mike Robbins, joining us here today. He is also the author of *A Focus on the Good Stuff. But the book, his latest book and, and the conversation we're having today is Be Yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Transform your life with the power of authenticity. I, I wanted to, to talk with you a, a little bit about knowing when we're not authentic. And this has kind of been interesting. As I said, I had both of these books side by side, and it was very interesting. Here I was reading your book, and you were talking about, you know, what does this mean? What is authenticity? What is it not? Your personal journey. And right to the side of it, here is Bob Barker talking about his life yeah. in words of life experiences. And I said, these two guys have got to me. <laughs> hey, I would um, love it.
1: I, <laughs> I can't tell you how many days as a kid staying home, oh, sick from school. I've watched The Price is Right. I love Bob Barker.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, when you think about it, that's who that man is. Bob yeah. Barker is Bob Barker.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, actually. Whenever I think of Bob Barker, one of the things I always think about is when he stopped dyeing his hair. I don't know why that always comes to mind, but there's a story in my book that relates to that. I interviewed a, ser- a number of people, people in my life, clients, fellow speakers and authors, just all kinds of random people, anyone I could talk to, and ask them a series of questions about what authenticity means to them, times in their life where they really felt like they were being authentic, other times when they felt like they were being inauthentic. And one of my friends, Holly, and I share her story in the book, talked about her own journey, ironically similar to bob barker although from the female perspective of dyeing her hair as she started to go gray and she dyed her hair for probably 10 or 15 years and really had a big sort of inner awakening saying let it grow out let it be gray it's okay the whole thing right and she went through her whole process about it and finally with the support of some friends decided to do it and what was interesting is she said you know it was scary for her, but what she found was it really liberated her in her own journey, as superficial as she thought it might be just the color of her hair, but really embracing herself. And she said, you know, Mike, instead of saying '60s the new 40, I just decided to say '60s the new 60, and this is me. And she said she actually found that people in her life and her clients, because she's also an author and a speaker and you know, does a lot of training and consulting, she found that she felt deeper connections with her clients and people because there was this veneer that had been up in front of her called, I'm pretending to be younger than I am, that just went away. And all of a sudden, she was able to step more into her own, you know, self, her own authenticity. And so anyway, I think of Bob Barker in that way. And I remember the first time I turned the TV on and saw, what happened? Yesterday, his hair was black. Today, it's gray. But I had the experience, even as a kid, not fully understanding that, that I appreciated his authenticity and his boldness, even in that way of just physical appearance, which is big for a lot of us. And I talk about that quite a bit in my own journey with that in the book as well.
0: You certainly do. I mean, these are pivotal moments. And I want to let everyone know that, you you know, today we're talking about being yourself. We're talking about the pivotal moments in our lives. And, you know, my very special guest here, Mike Robbins, and I are going to talk about the fact that it's never too late. You, You can step up. It doesn't matter what you've been, where you've been, and who you've been there with. The time is now. When we come back from break, we'll be talking about what does it mean to 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 step into that place of authenticity and why do some of us struggle with it? Well, I've got the expert tonight. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Patchup. Talk Radio to Thrive by beyourselfbook.com is the website. We'll be right back with the show.
3: Is Egypt calling you? Join Dr. Friedemann Schaub and Danielle Rama Hoffman for an initiatory journey to Egypt, May 2010. Picture yourself meditating in the Great Pyramid, cruising down the Nile on a private sailing yacht, and exploring ancient temples in exclusive visits. For a journey that expands your consciousness and opens your heart, call 866-903-6463 or visit EgyptIsCalling.com.
5: Try the Greek God's popular honey yogurt or the tangy yet subtly sweet pomegranate. Don't forget to try the new Greek God's Kefir Cheese Spread, great for dips or as a healthy substitute for sour cream. Be happy. Go Greek. Experience the myth. Are you living your
2: life to the max? Is there anything you would like to change about how you feel or what you're experiencing? You can have anything you want. and empowerment psychic, Linda Dickinson, can show you the way. Living your life to the max is more than a catchphrase. It's what we intended when we came into this life. Empowerment psychic medium, Linda Dickinson, online at inmyfuture.com. For private sessions, call 800-206-9096. Check out her website at margaretmacelroy.com. That's margaret, M-C-E-L-R-O-Y.com.
4: Can you imagine a world where noodles are calorie-free? For centuries, Japanese women have eaten these noodles. Now this Japanese Miracle Noodle is available in the United States at MiracleNoodle.com. As seen on ABC News, this noodle made only of soluble fiber, has zero net carbs and zero calories. Imagine the possibilities. Now you know why it's called Miracle Noodle. Add noodles back into your diet guilt-free at MiracleNoodle.com.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Hey, for more information... Kind of got beeped right there. For more information about us, go to www.thedrpatshow.com. Check us out. Sign up for a newsletter. You'll get to find out all about our upcoming guests. You'll especially find out about people like my guest tonight, Mike Robbins. I want to tell you, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. But, boy, did I try along the way to steal a couple of those personalities to myself. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today.
6: Absolutely. Glad to, uh,
1: glad to be here. Always good to be with you, Dr. Pat.
0: Are there any make-or-break moments that you could talk about, either in your own experience, your own life? And what I mean by that, some people call them tipping points. Some people yeah. call them bottoms. Some people call them, I don't know, whatever you want to call them. I ate too many Twinkies last <laughs> night. But the but the point is, you get to a place where you realize, darn, this is not working for me.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I've had many, as I'm sure a lot of people listening have. You know, one that comes to mind as you asked that question was actually way back when I was in college and I was 20 years old. I was a junior at Stanford. Um, You know, I was a baseball player most of my life. You and I I think talked about that the last time I was. Oh
0: yeah. I I know. batter
1: up. Yeah. You know, I got drafted by the Yankees actually out of high school, didn't end up signing with the Yankees, ended up getting a scholarship to play baseball at Stanford. Um, And when I was there, my, my junior year, I ended up getting incredibly like suicidally depressed. And, it didn't really make any specific sense to me because on the surface, you know, I seemed to have everything going for me, right? I was this good athlete. I was going to a great school. I had lots of friends. I was, you know, dating this woman that I was really into at the time, you know, with all even the dysfunction of my family, relatively speaking, growing up, I had made it through uh, without too many issues or challenges. My father had bipolar disorder, so depression was something I was very familiar with, mm-hmm. but wasn't something I'd ever experienced, and as I got old enough to really understand it, seeing the problems he had had and the issues it caused and the breakup of my parents' relationship and all the pain that came out of that, I was very crystal clear I was never going to get depressed. Well, there I was sitting in the psychiatrist's office at the Student Health Center having a recommend that I take Prozac, and but at the time I was just so lost and so stuck and so in pain, and anybody who's ever been depressed can relate to that miserable, helpless, hopeless feeling, But as I started to come out of my depression just a little bit, I remember thinking Pat, to myself, I remember being really angry. And the anger I felt was I had done everything I thought I was supposed to do to follow the rules, to be a good kid, to do all the right things, to be happy. And I was miserable. And I don't know who I was exactly angry at, but I remember also feeling a sense of deep empathy and compassion for literally like humanity in the fact that I realized I can't be the only one who feels like this. And it's simple in some ways. I look back on it now. It seemed profound to me at the time. But I remember just thinking, I want to do something with my life. I don't know what at the time. My mid goal was to make it to the major leagues. But I wanted to do something with my life and my own personal journey, but in helping other people because I just felt like we don't all need to go through pain in this way and do it alone. And at some level, that moment of insight for me, although I wasn't fully aware of it at the time. Now, as I look back on it, it was one of the initial big awakenings that got me on not only my own growth path personally, but was really one of the inspirations for me to want to help and teach and inspire other people.
0: Isn't this kind of interesting? And I'm going to use kind of my language now um, and, and, and correct me if I'm, if I'm off track, but isn't it interesting how the universe aligns itself? Yeah for our greater good, even if we don't think it's doing that.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Despite
0: ourselves.
1: <laughs> well, and you know, what's interesting, and, and, you know, the other piece of, you know, to play the story out for a few more years of my life and what ultimately kind of led me to what I'm doing now is I did end up getting drafted again, this time by the Kansas City Royals out of Stanford and signed a pro contract and was on my way up to the big leagues doing really well and then went out to pitch one night my third season in the minors with Kansas City and threw one pitch toward ligaments in my elbow and blew my arm out. Wow, And there I was, you know, 23 years old, and I had come through my depression, thankfully, and, you know, started on a, in a mental, emotional way kind of healing myself to some degree. But here I had this physical injury that derailed my career and ultimately ended my baseball career. And, again, another thing that seemed devastating to me, like one of the worst things that could have possibly happened, ultimately, was such a blessing because it put me directly, after a few years of soul-searching and figuring out who I was without baseball, onto the path of speaking and coaching and ultimately writing and doing the work that I do now, which really was what I wanted to do. Again, at some deeper level, I wasn't fully aware of it. So in my first book, Focus on the Good Stuff, I talk a lot about, and this is not obviously a new concept, but how things happen in our lives that, of course, we think are horrendous when they first happen. And, of course, then we look back and go, wow, what a blessing, what a gift. I'm so grateful for that, even the pain and the challenge of it. Um, you know, and I think for so many of us, and, and a lot of people are dealing with this in various ways right now, economically, that tough times, difficult times, challenging times, whatever that may be, we're the ones that deem them tough or difficult or challenging anyway. They often bring out the best in us if we allow them to. They often, you and I were talking off the air on the break about failing. And, you yeah. Know, it's when we fall down a lot of times that really we get to learn about who we are. Now, we don't have to make it so difficult and painful and messy necessarily, but some of us, I'll at least just speak for myself, can be so darn stubborn that it takes a two-by-four upside the head from life every now and again to really wake us up.
0: And I love that. And, you know, one of the things that I was really struck by in, you know, reading the book was that the five principles of authenticity that you lay out in the book, and and I'd love to share those with our listeners today, is, you know, when I look at those five principles, what I was really struck by is that if I really look at these and I take them one at a time, then maybe, maybe I don't have to get hit by a two-by-four. Maybe yep. I could get hit by a quarter round of molding or something. Yeah. You know, just a little spanking here and there, and then eventually nothing at all. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, if we pay attention, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think part of our growth process. You know, the first principle, it's really, you know, I was talking about before the break, the first step in the process is to come in touch with, with a sense of compassion and empathy, why it can be difficult for us to be ourselves, to be authentic. I spend the whole first third of the book talking about that. From that place, as we move into the five principles, the first one is to know yourself. And, you know, this, again, is like authenticity as in general, knowing ourselves is an ongoing, evolving, ever-expanding process. We never get to a destination point called I know myself completely, but we continue to go deeper and deeper and deeper into who we are. But one of the things that it's important for us to realize, I think, is that this process of knowing ourselves and learning and growing, it's ongoing. It's, you know, the people tuning in to the Dr. Pat show, for the most part, I would assume, are on their path of growth and discovery, whatever it may look like. But it's realizing that it's not a... You know, weekend workshop, it's not a three-month coaching program, it's not a book here and there, it's a way of life, it's a commitment to our own personal, our own spiritual development, if you will, and it's unique for each of us. You know, I believe all paths lead to God, even if you don't believe in God, and that we figure out the way down that path, knowing that it's going to twist and turn and wind, but the more conscious and aware we are, the less I think life, or the universe, or however we want to call it will line itself up to knock us down in painful ways to get our attention but the goal in life ultimately i think is to grow and evolve and even if that takes the course of pain and suffering for lack of a better term it will do that we will do that because we want to grow and evolve there's an as our friend reverend michael beckwith likes to say there's an evolutionary impulse that's governing the universe that's flowing through us all the time that wants to evolve and when you and i and people listen when we all fall asleep which we do all the time Life will wake us up if we're not waking ourselves up on purpose.
0: And, you know, one of the things I think that we'll talk about when we come back from break is, you know, you ask some brilliant questions in the book, questions to ponder. I mean, and I'd like to talk about these when we come back, because as I was reading them, I thought, oh, man, he's asking me that question. And I could find myself... Almost not completely being honest with the answer. Do you know what I'm saying here, Mike? You know? And I want to talk about that when we come back because if we can't answer, at least begin to answer the three questions that you've put in front of us, how do we face ourselves every day Mm. in a way where we believe in the truth of who we are? You know, and then also I want to mention to everyone that you can find out more about the book and find out more about Mike. Uh, by checking out what he is up to, you can go to the website, and I think I gave this out before, Mike. And I think this is the best place to send people: beyourselfbook.com. Uh, mm-hmm. Be yourself. Yep. yep, beyourselfbook.com. Check it out and uh, find out what he's up to. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the other principles, but we're also going to be talking about what it what does it really mean to answer these questions. How can we do this in a way that my guest, Mike Robbins, talks about? Do this in a way with complete confidence of not only who we are today and who we want to become, but who we've been in the past. Let's take a short break. You're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By, and we'll be right back with the show. Stay tuned.
3: Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself? But you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com.
7: Find out how you can turn any obstacle to boost your life to the next level. Discover how you can overcome your fear with faith and courage to create amazing results. These strategies are taught by Julie Thong, a Cambodian genocide survivor. Julie is an inspirational speaker, entrepreneur, and author of *Kantaya*, My Courageous Quest for Love and Freedom, and The Power of Fear. Face everything and rejoice. Call 888
6: 842 or visit juliethong.com. Introducing the featured re-release of Cat James' grassroots best-selling book, The Truth About Beauty, transform your looks and your life from the inside out. The Truth About Beauty represents the most comprehensively researched and inspiring body and beauty guide to date. It's been called a masterpiece by New York Magazine's two-time Nutritionist of the Year, Oz Garcia, and a path to personal triumph by former Glamour publisher Suzanne Grimes. The re-released edition of this modern health and beauty classic features 40% new material, including James' long-awaited recipes from her acclaimed Total Transformation programs, plus her living formula for freedom from food obsession, state-of-the-art natural skin, supplement, and anti-aging strategies, and a natural product resource guide called Worth Its Weight in Gold by Marie Claire Magazine. If you're ready to get serious, get the truth about beauty and transform yourself today. Visit informedbeauty.com. Learn how to help people deal with loss and the grieving process. The new online certificate in bereavement studies at the Center for Integrative Health focuses on the spiritual, cultural, and workplace aspects of loss. Completely online, the one course per month format allows you to complete the certificate in as little as nine months and earn graduate credit from a regionally accredited institution financial aid is available, visit CenterForIntegrativeHealth.org for the National University Systems Center for Integrated Health. That's CenterForIntegrativeHealth.org Have you signed up for the Dr. Pat Show newsletter?
7: Find out about upcoming guests, current promotions, events and information. Go to the TheDrPatShow.com That's the TheDrPatShow.com
2: and sign up now. and start getting results now.
0: Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome back, everybody. We've got a lot to talk about. If you've missed any part of this show or any of the other shows that we've we've got out there, why don't you just go check it out at uh, www.drpatlive.com. That's drpatlive.com. Sign up for the newsletter and, you know, be part of what we're creating. We'd love to hear from you. Mike Robbins joining me here today, somebody that would also love to hear from you. If you're, if you're struggling with wondering who you are, if if the question of can you be yourself, what does it mean to be yourself, is on your mind, then you're going to want to go to his website. Uh, first of all, beyourselfbook.com. And then secondly, you're going to want to check out this book. Mike, thank you for joining the show today. I know we touched upon, um, you know, one of the principles in the book, but as I said earlier, you know, there's a section in here where you talk about, uh, a couple of questions that you ask us. Yeah. And I remember reading this and going through this the first time and, and, and one of the questions, you know, talks about the obstacles. What are some of the obstacles? And, and I, I looked at that again and I thought, wow, you need to answer these questions honestly, but yeah. yet it's so difficult to do that. Why? Well,
1: you know, it's easier for us to be distracted. It's easier for us to justify as opposed to really kind of look into mm. some of our shadow side, if you will, mm-hmm. our dark side. Um, you know, it's much easier to point the finger at the phony people out there, the lying politicians, the cheating spouse, the whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever yeah. it may be, oh, those liars over there versus really to look at ourselves, and again, without judgment, that's the key part, is to be able to tell the truth about ourselves in some of the areas where maybe we struggle or some of the places where it's tough for us to be authentic, and then actually just be able to embrace that and love that part. You know, we were talking a little bit in one of the earlier segments. I was sharing a story from my book about, you know, my friend Holly and her struggling with, you know, dyeing her hair or letting the gray mm-hmm. grow out and all that stuff. And it's, you know, <laughs> my whole book is not just about body image stuff, although there is quite a bit in there because it's one of the things that I've struggled with in my life, even as a man or, you know, young man mm-hmm. and somebody who, um, you know, it's not like I've struggled with an issue of being obese or other things. It's just always been something that my gremlin, that little voice in my head, constantly critiques and criticizes my appearance. And this I know is true for a lot of people. and one of the particular areas is over the last few years I've been losing my hair, and back in December when we took the photos for my book, you know the book didn't come out till April, but we took the photos in December. Get the photos back, and I don't like any of them, and my gremlin is kind of, oh man, you look bad, you don't look good, you should look more healthy, you know, and boy, you're really losing your hair. And so what ended up happening was they photoshopped some more hair, and on the photo of me on the book jacket of the, right. And
0: it was at <laughs> my
1: request Pat, I said to them, yeah, you know, I know I wrote a book on authenticity and being yourself, but could you just fill it in a little, you know, make me feel a little better about myself there. And, and the thing is I was even just, you know, nine months ago, I was grappling with my own shame and embarrassment about a, the fact that I was concerned so much about my parents that I actually intervened in that way. And I the, again, the irony was not lost on me that I was writing this book on being yourself and accepting and appreciating and loving yourself and being authentic, and I was having a hard time myself. You know, we teach best what we most need to learn. And it wasn't until probably about two, two and a half months ago, after the book had come out, I decided to start telling on myself about that. I actually ended up shaving my head because I was so sick of the you know battle with the whole thing anyhow. But as I share that story, both as a way to liberate myself from this sort of insanity of it, but I can't tell you when I go out and speak or share that or even show the picture and say, hey, this is me, but with a little extra, you know, whatever. I mean, of course, people laugh and they think it's funny and all of that. But it's really to illustrate the point that we're always dealing with our relationship with ourselves first and foremost. And the way that we can start to be ourselves and love ourselves more genuinely, more compassionately, more deeply is to confront some of those places where it's difficult for us to not only be authentic, but to really accept and appreciate ourselves. And see if we can lean into that and love that stuff too.
0: Does that have to do with the second principle where you talk about transform your fear? Because I can't help but think, and, boy, I so relate to what you're talking about. I mean, certainly Kelly Clarkson here recently just got a dose of a little airbrushing on the cover of that magazine. Yep. Um, You know, and and honestly, though, but underneath all of this, and this is what you talk about in the second principle, you say transform your fear. Mm -hmm. I mean, part of what you did was saying, okay, wait a minute, this is what's going on with me. Yes. You didn't and, have to do that. No,
1: no, not at all. But this, one of the things, you know, about fear, now fear is, <laughs> of course, ironically, a four-letter word, right? Fear yes. is this thing, though. Now, in the in what I call the consensus reality, the world that we all kind of swim around in, the media world, the working world, the sort of, right, fear gets a bad rap in the sense that most of us are trained, both men and women, although it's much more of a masculine trait to never let them see a sweat, never get scared, always be tough and strong, and, you know, Men and women in our culture are given that training, and that's how we're taught to perform and operate in, right? Now, that doesn't work. We all know that because the more you try to not be scared or be nervous, the more you are, right? Now, in the world of sort of growth and personal development and that – when we kind of wake up a little, fear also gets a bad rap in the sense that we think we're supposed to be more evolved than that. Or, you know, we read The Course in Miracles, and it says there is either fear choices or love choices, so we're only going to make love choices – but that's a load of bull too, because there's—I don't know how to do that myself, and I don't know too many people who don't experience fear. Fear, like any other emotion, is actually very healthy, natural, and can be wonderful. We're all still alive at this moment in our lives because we have a healthy dose of fear that had us jump out of the way of the car or whatever the heck it was, not go to that party we maybe wanted to go to when we were seventeen years old, or get in the car with that person who was drinking, or whatever it is. Right? So, fear in and of itself isn't a problem. The problem is our inability to acknowledge. Admit, own, and ultimately express our fear when it comes up. And this is true for almost any emotion, the ones we don't like. See, fear doesn't feel very good to us, so we avoid it. So we deny it. So we drink, or we take drugs, or we work too much, or we watch a lot of TV, or we whatever we do, some way to try to avoid the fear that we have instead of really embracing it. And if people really want to take their lives to the next level, if we want to be more intimate and vulnerable and close in our relationships, we want to have more, not only success, but fulfillment in our work, we can't go around our fear. We have to go right through it. And the way to do it, the way we transform it, isn't by somehow, you know, being stronger and tougher than it. It's by acknowledging it and really being at peace with it. You know, one of the things, I get up for a living and speak in front of groups of people, Pat, you get on the radio, right? Exactly. You know, and look, I mean, I imagine you love it. I love doing it as well. I feel like I'm pretty good at it, it's one of my joys and passions in life, but there's a level of fear and nervousness when I'm on the radio with you or I'm up in front of people because people are listening, I could say something stupid, I could, you know, whatever. The thing about it is, how I've learned to not get rid of my fear but to transform it is I tap into it in a way that my intention always is to use it to my advantage, to allow it to have me be more real, more vulnerable, more present, more passionate, more alive, because our fear is just, you know, physiologically in our body when we get scared, it's the same reaction as when we get excited.
0: Most it's really interesting you bring this up because I, I I made a comment to someone the other day. I was doing a pre-recorded interview with uh, um, Gloria Rubin and. Mm-hmm. And it was a pre-record, so we were all kind of on the phone before the, you know, before right. the deal. Before, you know, I hope they didn't record this. Actually, <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, but I remember saying, "Oh my God, you know, like wow." I said, "I'm really a little nervous. I'm a little scared of this interview," and 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 then I just didn't even let anybody respond. And I said, "This is going to be like an amazing interview." Yeah. And it and and it was kind of like you know, no one had to really comment about that. But what I was saying is you know, I'm a little bit edgy with this, and that means I'm a little bit awake and alert. Absolutely.
1: And the thing is, when we feel nervousness, when it shows up, if we can acknowledge it and express it like you did, one of the things that happens, like with any other emotion, it will dissipate. Emotions don't stick around and just hang with us for, you know, minutes upon minutes upon hours, upon right? If you are scared and you express that fear, you move through it. If you get mad and you express that anger, you move through it. If you get excited and you express that excitement, You move through it. So my second principle, transform your fear, is related to the third principle, express yourself. And Ah. that is really having all of us take the lid off a little bit in life and quit putting ourselves in a box of acting how we think we're supposed to. You know, my wife and I just got back from a weekend up in Lake Tahoe with her family. And it was such an interesting, we have two little girls, Samantha who's three and a half and Anna Rose who's one. And my wife's family, wonderful people, really good people, good hearts, sweet Nice as can be, but what my wife and I both noticed—maybe a little bit judgmentally, but just as an observation—is there's a level of suppression that exists. And we were talking about it more with a sense of empathy and compassion. And her grandmother just passed away,
0: the Mm -hmm. matriarch
1: of the family. And Grandma was like just this prim and proper woman. Do you know what I mean? That's just how she was raised, and it sort of has trickled down through the whole family. And what we were just noticing, there was a lot of kids at this. It was a huge cabin, lots of people there, and there was this sense of like it not being okay for the kids to be the kids. And, you know, again, we were just aware of it and seeing how that even shows up in our own life and how committed we are to allowing not only our girls, but us and all the people around us to fully express themselves. And this happens a lot when I go in the corporate world. There are cultures in lots of businesses where it's like, you can't say certain things or you can't express certain things. But, see, we all buy into that. Like the politicians buy into the fact and we agree with it and it becomes this big conspiracy that they can't really tell the truth because then they won't get elected. And that may or may not be true. We just put the lid on in different places. We draw the line in the sand, and I think most of it is made up, and we're the ones that draw the borders, and then, you know, we stay connected to it. It's like, you know, the old uh, story about the fleas in the jar that I'm sure you've heard a million times. Oh, yeah. You put the lid on the jar, and the fleas jump up, and they hit their head on the top of the thing, and then they decide, okay, that's as high as we can go. We don't want to hit our heads anymore. Then you take the lid off. The fleas won't jump out of the friggin' cup because they think that's as high as they can go. And you and I and most of us are like fleas in the jar all the time because we don't think we can express ourselves fully. And it's not just the shame and the guilt and the sadness and the our, you know, anger and the stuff that we think is, quote, bad. It's even the love and the excitement and the passion and the ideas that we have. We put a lid on that stuff, too, because we're busy being appropriate or professional. Uh, yeah
0: even to the point where we don't even refine or we don't even remember what the appropriateness of it was, and exactly. then we find out that appropriate yesterday is not tomorrow's appropriate. And when we come back from break, we're going to be talking about the, one of the reasons that we we really do need to learn how to express ourselves, because if we truly want to follow this blueprint and a blueprint that will you know, set you free, then when we come back, we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be bold? Mm. What does it mean to be bold? And boy, did I have a lesson in this about a week ago. Let's take a short break here on the Dr. Pat Show. I am so thrilled Mike Robbins is joining us here today. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show.
4: Did you know Gricots Yogurt's fat content actually helps you lose weight? Not only does this healthy fat contribute to curbing sugar cravings, also the probiotic bacteria in Gricots Yogurt has an effect on how fats are metabolized and absorbed by the body. So don't forget to pack a Greek God's Yogurt for a snack today. For more information visit www.gricotsyogurt.com and analuke.com.
5: Bellagenza Extraordinary Hair Care provides a complete line of natural, professional products. Your hair is your number one accessory, so make sure you treat it right with the finest blend of natural, food-grade fusion ingredients. Bellagenza provides you with a luxurious experience and high-quality ingredients in a base of aloe and plant juices. Visit bellagenza.com and receive 10% off when you order online. Just enter Dr. Pat, D-R-P-A-T. That's Belligenza.com. B-E-L-E-G-E-N-Z-A.com. Are you where you want to be right now? Do worry, fear, and doubt stop you from feeling your best and living abundantly? Create your heart's desire. Live life to the fullest. How? Schedule a coaching session with Dr. Joanne White, author, motivational speaker, life, business coach, and energy intuitive. The success doc will motivate and inspire you to your own greatness. Call 877 duckwhite or visit docwhite.org.
7: Sign up for the weekly newsletter to get advance notice of guests, events, and special offers. Visit Drpatshow.com and get ready to live life all out.
4: The hardest part of mental illness is that you don't understand yourself. My friends stopped calling. I went through a divorce. I felt like there was nowhere I could turn. Then I read a story in the newspaper about NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. It's not that they gave me the reasons to get out of bed or get on with my day. It's that they showed me how.
3: One in five adults lives with depression, schizophrenia, anxiety, or other mental illnesses. NAMI provides education and support. Go to NAMI.org or call 800-950-NAMI.
7: Perf go green. Biodegradable by nature. Green by choice. Traditional trash bags stay in our landfills and pollute the earth for over 800 years or more. Perf Go Green trash bags disappear naturally within two years and leave nothing harmful behind. Convert your home, school, and business to Perf Go Green. Now available at Walgreens, Amazon.com, OfficeMax, and other local stores. Visit PerfGoGreen.com. That's P-E-R-F-GoGreen.com. greencom <music>
0: Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. A, for more information about us, I want to make sure you go to our website, drpatlive.com. And for more information about my very special guest, Mike, and how to get a copy of his book, it's kind of really easy. And Mike Robbins has a great website. You can go to www.beyourselfbook.com, beyourselfbook.com. And Actually, when you go there, you're going to be able to see that picture he was referring to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That really is me. It's just a little more hair than I actually have.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, And we're going through some of the, you know, principles in the book, but honestly we're leaving a whole lot out, and I want to say that because I, I want to make sure everybody out there knows that there is a lot to this. And this is an opening. It's an invitation. What Mike does, he lays this out in a way that you can pretty much follow it step-by-step, but the act of courage to say yes to being yourself is all yours. I've been waiting to talk about being bold, Mike. I mean, this is the fourth principle. I don't believe we talked about this very much last time. Right. And I wanted to give it some equal time. Wow. Yeah,
1: it's a big one. I mean, and and one of the things first, though, when we talk about boldness, it's important to notice that our egos will take boldness and run with it because, again, like authenticity, we have a lot of definitions for what it is to be bold. It's got to be big. It's got to be grandiose. It's got to be over the top. It's got to be, you know, and and a lot of that is based on some materialistic notion of accomplishment or accumulation. And, again, there can be big accomplishments that are bold, but what boldness really is is finding, it, it relates back to the second principle about fear, finding that edge, finding the place where we normally stop And choosing consciously, even if we're scared, to push past that. You know, and so one of my favorite quotes is from Michael Jordan. He says, I missed 100% of the shots that I never took. Mm. And it's really about going for it. You know, and I think that for so many of us, if you look in your life, and again, right now, it's counterintuitive to a lot of folks given what's going on in the world and the economy and all the doom and gloom that's out there about how bad it is and people just trying to get by and make it and hope they don't lose their job. And, you know, look, and there is some reality and truth to that. I'm not trying to be Pollyanna pie in the sky about it. But I actually think what a great opportunity right now. I was talking to my stepbrother-in-law who just graduated from college, and he was talking to me how bad the job market is and he can't find a job. And I said, to him, hey, man, listen, easy for me to say, but I'll tell you what, I think it's a fantastic time to come out of college right now. Because you get an opportunity to really do something different or bold or unique or whatever, what you want to do, as opposed to if the job market's booming and someone offers you a great job and you take it because you don't know what else to do, you might end up 2, 5, 10, 15 years down the road going, what the heck am I doing? Mm. You know. So it's really an opportunity for us to look at life and the places in our life and our relationships. It can be bold just to simply ask your spouse for what you really want. It can be bold to tell your children, hey, you know what? Mommy's going to take care of mommy right now. You can go fix your own sandwich or whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It can be bold to put yourself out in the world and speak up about some of your dreams and goals and what you really want. It could, you know, I can't define what's bold for you, Pat, or anybody else. We can only define that for ourselves, but it's really about practicing it and being willing to fall down and get back up again.
0: I love what we're talking about because this is so significant to the conversation, and it really leads to the fifth principle about celebrating. I mean, honestly, we can't really celebrate. It's extremely difficult to celebrate if we're judging every move we make, if we're judging everything we do, if we're judging judging whether or not, you know, telling our child, hey, please make your own sandwich is a bold move. (laughs) Honestly, you know it, and I've read your book. I know it. There have been some things that most people would consider insignificant yes. that both of us have done, but for us Huge. was the boldest thing that we could have ever done in that moment.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's. Um, I was just talking earlier today to a friend of mine, and we were talking about the bold act of saying no sometimes. Uh. You know, and it's, it's a challenge for me because I'm this person in life that, you know, com- it's, you know, committed to and excited about and prides myself on. I'm a yes. I'm a yes. I'm open. I'm willing. I'm ready. <laughs> you name it. I'm there. But as we all know, any of us who have that attitude, as great as that is, the downside is overcommitting ourselves to stuff we don't really want to do or being worried about disappointing other people so as to, but when you can really own your authentic no, you can actually own your authentic yes and not have to simply be people-pleasing. And where this all boils down to, I believe, the biggest reason, Pat, that most of us struggle with being ourselves in life is because there's some sense within most of us that who we are, the way we are, is not good enough. And if we could just be a little bit smarter or a little bit prettier or a little bit wealthier or a little bit more successful or a little bit funnier or a little more relaxed, or you know, then we'd be okay. Then we'd be ourselves more. And I'm not – look, the the paradox is growth and constant evolution is – part of it is noticing places where maybe we're stuck or we want more, we want to expand and doing that. But if we come at it from the perspective of shame, there's something wrong with me, I'm inherently flawed, we'll never, ever, ever grow, change, transform, evolve enough because there will always be something that's not quite right or perfect. It's really about being able to love and accept ourselves. And, you know, one of the best pieces of advice – I got happened to come in the form of unsolicited parenting advice, which I got quite a bit of when my wife was pregnant with our first. (laughs) It's one of these things, you know, you're about to have a baby, and there seems to be a sign around your neck saying, tell me what you think, whether I want to hear it or not, right? (laughs) But the best piece of parenting advice I got is also, I think, just a great piece of life advice. And one of my mentors said to me, hey, Mike, you know the most important job you have with your daughter is to teach her how to love herself. And I was struck by it. And I said to him, wow, I haven't heard anybody say it like that. And I asked him, I said, how do I do that? And he said to me, you love yourself, and you let her see that.
0: Mm.
1: And I think that is profound. And it's one of the most challenging aspects of life, in my opinion. I struggle with that most every day, (laughs) to do it in a genuine way, to really be kind, loving, accepting, appreciative of myself, not based on, how I look or what I accomplish or did I say the right thing? Was I funny on that interview? Did I do the right thing when I gave the speech? Whatever, but just inherently who I am. And for all of us, if we can really get back to that place that inherently who we are is someone that we love and appreciate. And from that perspective, it's not narcissistic. It's not self-absorbed. In fact, it's one of the greatest gifts we can give to anyone in our life. And the access point to us really being ourselves is coming to a place where we can genuinely accept and appreciate who we are. Not let go and not care and not have any goals or dreams or ambitions. No, but just to say, right here, right now, in this moment, with everything I'm working on and everything that is challenging for me in my life, in addition to all the strengths and wonderful qualities, I love myself. And one of the techniques, one of the practices, I love doing this in workshops, and it's one of the techniques in the book that I recommend is for people to write a letter of appreciation, a heartfelt, genuine, authentic letter of appreciation to themselves. So what you can do is just write that letter out. And for some of us, this can be really uncomfortable, a little funny. It feels a little like Stuart Smalley on Saturday Night Live. Right. You know, <laughs> I'm good enough. I'm strong enough. And doggone it, people like me. But to really do it in a genuine way, below the cynicism and all the resistance. And when you get done with the letter, fold it up, put it in an envelope. Put your name and address on it, and then give it to someone. Put a stamp on it. Give it to someone that you really trust and say to them, listen, do me a favor. Sometime in the next year, and don't tell me when, drop this in the mail. And I've done this enough and have heard from enough people about this and done this exercise and workshops and other places. That letter will show up. It's the way the universe works, right? On the perfect day when you really need it the most. And the coolest part of it is the message will come from you.
0: Wow. Mike, what a great way to end this show. What a great, honestly, what a great message to leave with our listeners tonight. Thank you so much for coming back and, and for us to have the time to go through such important work and powerful, powerful messages. It truly, it truly has been an invitation for people. And people will, would have heard something tonight That will help them change their lives. Thank you so much. Mike Robbins, everybody.
1: You're welcome, Pat. Thanks for having me on.
0: What a great show. And the book, we just barely scratched the surface with sharing some insight. Again, you can go to the website, beyourselfbook.com. Check it out. Um, You can go to drpatlive.com, sign up for a newsletter, and much more. Remember what Mike shared, especially his, his personal message. And remember that you deserve love and you deserve it beginning with you. Until next time, remember, you have everything inside you to step out into the world and be yourself. All right, until next night uh, next time, remember, smile at someone you don't know and wink at someone that you'd love to meet. We'll see you next time, everybody. <music>
6: Grown, you can barely see the ground Or touch the sky Your high horse Is taken off and left to you, nowhere to be found, better off dead, or oh, so you said But don't worry We all fall down somehow Oh someday
4: Not somehow
6: Well, i a stranger soul, For you never know When it's your last step, final breath Throwing your chips you down some curtain call, Take your last bow, that's all